Part One, Chapter Three of Rhonda, or Thirty Three Years in a Star, by Florence Carpenter Diudon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: A Monster. When next I realized events, the life of the Stone Age had begun. We dwelt in a cave. A fire of driftwood was burning. A bird was frying. My head was pillowed on coarse grass, and one of Isabella's purple wraps covered me. It was night and rain was falling. They had hoped for my return to health for many days. They told me that they had learned much concerning the little star. It was about three hundred miles in circumference. The lofty peaks were disproportioned to the size, according to all our standards of measurement, they served as observatories for overlooking the surface of one half the sphere. The ball seemed belted by a continuous continent, with deeply indented shores. This made a very long coastline. There are fine harbors and very good locations for great towns, said Isabella to me. Towns! One person in a town! My brain was still dull from my illness. As a worrying remembrance, I thought of ships, people, tumult of business. Then I looked away at the great star which was our earth. Home was there. All was there. This was a wilderness of uncooled lava. He must be told of our discovery, cheerily remarked Father Renaudin. Thereupon he brought and arranged upon a large flat stone a little circle of smoke-blackened stones, surrounding some charred sticks and a couple of bones. I looked at this collection, and then, wonderingly at their triumphant faces, astonished at their wanting, expectant manner. What did they mean me to see in that little circle? Father Renaudin found it on top of the mountain, explained Isabella joyfully. I appoint you to commence, continue, and control manufactures and all the commerce of the star, said Regan. Still, I did not see. I had been very ill. I had not as yet become accustomed to the chances of the planet. Roy, said Isabella, some man built this circle. Don't you know that neither beasts nor birds could build a hearth and light a fire? That was it. And the childish toy before me was the promise of a world. There was commerce, manufacturers, wealth, hope, life, the old life. What did I care that Regan was monarch? The wealth would be the real power. That would be mine again, all mine. I should rule the sea. I, Roy Lee. I had been weak, but I was strong now. My lethargy was gone. There was work to be done at once. As the course of the star was toward the sun, the heat was becoming intense, and we removed from our station in the black ravine to the edge of the forest where it was more pleasant, and near the sea, where it was cooler. 
we traveled in moving over the roughest way crossing mountains and going around deep arms of the sea the air was much more dense than that which we had been accustomed to breathe it seemed as if we were inhaling warm water as we ascended into the heights we found it more comfortable except when we struck one of the chilly clouds the small ball with its little gravitation caused us to be so light that we were not fatigued and as the days were only six hours long we had but a short time to labor having found a site that was remarkably pleasant we built ourselves four stone houses and proceeded to adorn the grounds we called the broad rapid river which flowed past to the sea the sticks because its waters were so dark and because the forest on the further side was so mysterious the tall trees about us were of cornstalk consistency they grew from a deep morass the broad leaves formed so close a surface that they penned the heated air beneath them and at noontime we could see the atmosphere turn to a greenish hue and vibrate as if over a heated stone sometimes the roots became too heavy and falling somewhere pulled the tops to the ground sometimes the tops became too heavy and the tree toppled on one side lodged and after a while fell with some of its fellows into a pile of green reeds and vines these heaps of trunks and webs of vines made it possible for us to cross the river from isle to isle there were vine bridges formed and thus we were enabled to investigate the forest where we were glad to find an abundance of fruits and berries into this bewildering maze a dreamland of bottomless swamps and foundationless jungle regan and i went often always in the morning as at noon its heat became unendurable we found many birds which we killed with no difficulty several different fruits and a few harmless serpents there was a lack of animal life in the seething woodlands of the star we gathered a bark softer and lighter than that of the birch and this we used for paper which upon we chronicled every important event fact and discovery of our earth as fast as we could remember them we were making wooden type and printing presses but meanwhile wrote everything so as to not forget forget and grow like the uncivilized nations of earth before we could find those people who had built the fire we were late this day the burdens of bark were heavy and hindered our progress through the vines and over the fallen trunks the hours always too few had gone before we knew it and we were hastening to get into the cooler air in momentary expectation of falling from the heat where does this intense heat come from asked regan is it all from the sun the star itself is not cooled replied i i imagine if the heat were from the sun wholly the seas would boil over their entire surface rather than in spots tis a planet in construction not nearly finished said regan 
now what possible reason can there be for such a thing as that he pointed to a great black surface of lava which rose in a mud lake or very deep slough around were trees veiled in vines a reed-grown width of swamp and a waste of reddish mud i noticed that the great reeds were matted like crushed cornstalks in many places they were also mud-splattered and generally draggled and disturbed it was necessary for us to spring from one of the matted footholds to the ball of lava and from there reach the overhanging vines on the other side unless we did this we must make a long uncertain tour around the steaming slough into the vibrating heat of the forest uh, shall we cross or go around i asked let us cross leaving our burdens of bark in this tree we will return for them tomorrow said regan we swung them into the low bough and sprang upon the block wondering again that it should be there in the bottomless morass it began to move it shook commenced to sink from the mud rose a pillar of black flesh surmounted by a hideous yellow-eyed serpent-tongued head with a powerful stroke the shape reached after us and striking regan cast him like a ball into the vines of the bank meantime with the sinking bulk i was slipping sliding into the muddy depths clutching at the shell and shrieking at the trees i fell under the shade of a huge paw with fingers like those on a human hand but at least four feet in length as i sank into the iron-like mire that hand fell splashing and clawing after me in a surge of mud i rolled between two fingers over the paw again uplifted and into a mass of crushed reeds dashing the mud from my face i saw regan spring upon the huge back now heaving and moving like a small mountain dodging the head he sprang into the morass beside me missing the reeds he sunk into the mud to his shoulders but clutching some vines and reeds as he fell he drew himself partly up and reaching a log stood upon it he stretched out his hand to me and i clambered to where he stood together we climbed up the bank not pausing for even a moment's rest the sun burned down the morris was steaming in white vapor but the monster began to loosen its bulk from the slough bed and partially turned came toward us swaying its hideous head its tongue darting not far from us it clawed the banks but they fell under its feet and it splashed into the slough recovering its lost ground it clumsily climbed on trees crushed down like the grass as it moved i could not breathe in the heat even with that creature coming i did not think i could flee oh leave me leave me escape i cannot move i gasped to regan man have you nothing to live for cried regan with a look of rage on his face which even then i noticed it is a terrible death 
rouse up there is the river run roy run i saw the blue water i thought i might as well try we ran a few steps and came where a bridge of vines falling to the surface of the river gave us the salvation of a little island we swung across and sank down in some shade to dash water on our hot faces and hands then we glanced back there came the awful shape blindly and madly following us we could see it plainly a head like that of a hippopotamus on a huge trunk which looked like a tree bowl a great flattened body like a turtle's a black shell which we had thought lava long pause ending as i had observed in human-shaped hands devoid of instinct although in bulk as large as twenty full-grown elephants and in strength proportioned it did not stop when it clawed vines instead of earth but pushed itself over the river's edge of lava rocks and fell headlong helpless into the water if it can swim we are lost i said yes or if the water is shallow it will crawl out said regan swing back on the vines a few farther up or left shouted i it is gone said regan look there was a mighty surge of the waves a few tremendous tossings then the water settled silently and whatever became of the monster in the depths below we saw it no more like lead or like a leaf all is the same in those swallowing waters said we as we wearily sought a path home then i could but think how brave he was that regan to return from comparative safety upon the very block of his danger to drag from death one who claimed not even to be his friend i could not understand why so persistently regan always befriended me to the utmost of his power when our natural hate was unconcealed from each other i was forced to admire his courage i could not comprehend why he should take so much unnecessary and thankless trouble for i almost wished that i had died rather than that he had saved me having learned the signs of the lairs of these beasts we avoided them in our future visits they were somnolent creatures and never woke but under provocation with greater precautions we continued our investigations in the forest for we must know the resources and productions of our world there was a long long winter before us far off but inevitable we made collections of large plantain-shaped leaves which we used for building triple platforms to serve for shades above the roofs of our houses end of part one chapter three